Bonjour, welcome to another edition of Café de René. I am the third wheel today, James Tunstall, joined once again by the Stylist Show, Mr. René Debris. And René brought a guest who's been been wanted by a lot of fans, and I'm happy to have you brought him today. Yes, after months of Twitter tag, we have finally accomplished <laughs> the guest of all guests. Oh, man. My fellow uh, uh, travel partner on the SmackDown roster. <laughs> Probably the only reason why I didn't hang myself in a closet during this time. <laughs> he was probably one of my greatest opponents. Oh. Uh, anytime I would see his name next to mine on a on a lineup, it was a night off. <laughs> he is the one, the only. Are you still the intrepid traveler? Ah, uh, sure, whatever. Uh, you call me whatever you want. I I'm intrepid half the time. That's right. He is. Paul London. Oh man, what an intro! Thank you. I I should send y'all some money for that. That was very kind. No, um, just send me some flowers, bud. That'd be great. Oh yeah, you're into flowers now, huh? Not really. <laughs> I'll just say I'll just say I bought them for my wife, and then she'll be all happy. <laughs> man, yeah, no, you were definitely one of my absolute favorite people to work with, ever. Um, <laughs> definitely a night off. Yeah. Um, I mean that's. When, you know, we were going back and forth, uh, like you said, doing the Twitter tag bullshit, uh, which thank you for being so accommodating. Yeah, I kept looking forward to it because I've kept up with your show here and it's been, you know, entertaining. And I love, uh, I just love listening to you speak. It brings a lot of memories back that I cherish. Uh, I can't say I cherish all of my wrestling memories, but the ones with you, I certainly cherish because it's some of my happiest times yeah. without a doubt. So, so, and I get to listen to James, even though he thinks he's the third wheel, he's not, you know what I mean? I am the third wheel. No, we're a tricycle. Oh, he so, <laughs> Yeah, come right. on, man. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know if you're a Dale Boy fan, a Reliant Robin. Okay, I like. I'm down with it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, what was it? A Dell boy or a... only fools and the horses? Yeah. <laughs> Dell boy and Rodney, not... Reliant Robin, the yellow van. I don't know about that one. Oh That's... man, I, thought, I, I didn't know if it was big in America or what. So I'm disappointed that it's not. It was out years ago. It might be. I just I my CTE takes over early sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll definitely dive into the the head trauma thing, but the. Uh... Sure. So before we go on down memory lane, like what have you been up to lately, man? Uh just burying bodies out in the desert. Okay. Um sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I've uh you know, I was I was doing a couple films last year, towards the end of the last year, and now I'm kind of uh keeping my cards close to my chest until my next uh big attack um so i've kind of just been more of an observant lately and uh haven't really watched or been up to date with too much wrestling stuff just really kind of looked at all of it from a distance and what i do see is kind of like nah. um so it's not you know i uh exploring some other things you know what i mean and uh like I said, just making sure the, the bodies aren't too easy to find. Are you still um, out in California? No, no, no. 
I'm uh, I'm out where bad men and snakes roam. So I'm uh, I'm definitely out in no man's land, and I I like not being a, around too many people. So <laughs> I I, uh, <laughs> I can relate to that, my friend. Yeah, are you in Moncton or where are you? Are you? Yeah, I can't believe you remember the name of my town. Of course I do. I had uh, one of my worst black eyes, um, one of my worst shiners ever in that town. I don't know if you remember when we were up there. I I think um, I don't know if we stayed at your place or what, but I remember awesome. we went to your we went to your gym. Like yeah. I had just met your I had just met your brother and your mom. Uh, very sweet people and we went to your gym and this was before the house show and somehow i walked into like the squat rack bar the barbell and gave myself a black eye (laughs) i showed up at the house show with like this this terrible black eye and uh it was like as if i got jumped on the streets of moncton or something but god oh dude it was so painful um but it was neat i remember (laughs) you telling me like you know you used to walk to school and this was the gym you went to and everything it was just like a real old school i brought you to my high school too right we went and visited yeah i think we went by there and you went inside c c t e right um (laughs) but it was cool you know i remember you telling me how you would you had your books in one hand and your protein in the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> I used to carry my protein in a mason jar and I would always like drop it and it would break in the middle of uh what? Of yeah, yeah. And I would leave my old Tupperwares in my locker for so long, tuna and rice, so you can imagine the smell. <laughs> oh my god. That's uh surprised you didn't get detention just for that. No, I was bigger than the principal. <clears throat> That doesn't surprise me. Right. We just put a video out on the channel for um, Renee's match when he's like 15. Yeah. Honestly, I've never seen a bigger 15-year-old in my life. He was a giant. Honestly. Such a, yeah, yeah, he's just a real genetic freak in a good way. You know, like, I've always marveled at his uh, physicality and just his his discipline in terms of, you know, uh, getting the right amount of nutrition and food in. With that said, though, I do remember a time, I believe in Boston, whenever we would go to Boston, we'd always stay in Revere, which is just uh, Revere, this kind of like blue collar town outside of Boston. And um, I think it was where the airport is or something or nearby Logan. But anyways, we were at this hotel and I remember um, there wasn't too much open and everyone always goes to like Kowloon's or something, but we didn't, we, we hung out at the hotel and I remember there was like a Wendy's nearby and he literally got like 22 hamburger patties and made like one burger out of it and, and, and down the whole thing. He was like, I need my protein. And I was just I was like, Jesus Christ, I'll take a pass on this one. But I might, I think I had like a double or something, but I was like 22. That's, this is insane. Um, but, you know, whenever we would travel together too, like it was, it was uh, very convenient for us to stop at like the grocery store and get like the the rotisserie chicken, mm. and just eat that like eat that like cavemen, you right. know. Um, so, no, I always uh, always marveled at, at your training, 
and uh, and your ability to put food down like i was just like jesus christ just like a like a furnace in a train you know you just keep feeding it <laughs> so, so do you remember that one christmas i spent with you and your family yes i do yeah. i do very much so i stayed i was living in houston at the time and then paul uh paul invited me to spend christmas now i don't really remember because i don't know if you want to talk about this about the uh, the amount of her herbal tea oh yeah no we had lots of yeah i mean i used to go through at least i used to go through like nearly like an ounce a week um of just whatever like the finest herbs uh no i mean yeah i you know i think i think smoking cannabis or weed whatever you want to call it like um there's certainly nothing wrong with it it's not it's not like you know obviously not for everybody um as i found out at that house because i would have quite a few people come over and they would they would they would pass out or like you know like i remember i used to have this this bong that was like it was like four feet tall and i called it the day and the day ender because like people would take a rip from that and they would be done for the day like they would be passed out and uh but yeah we used to we used to really um you know and i think that's one of the things that's just kind of like uh a byproduct of being on the road when we were on the road was just because you know you had guys that everyone kind of had some sort of vice or whatever you want to call it um but you know, I never, I never really went down the pills route, fortunately, because you know we both noticed so many of our peers that either got fired or would end up either, you know, eventually dying. A lot of them, um, and it was, you know, one of those things that was always like a cold lesson to keep in the front of your mind. But you know, you never, you never heard about guys ODing on you know, on weed or something. (laughs) I don't know what the kids call it today. I mean, we called it weed or herb or smiz. Well, Um, I was talking with uh, uh, Santino. We interviewed him the other day. And uh, I'm the one that actually came up with the name smiz. That's awesome. You should have trademarked it. (laughs) Because it's smoke, right? And the carny is smiz oak. And the short for smiz. I mean, now everybody knows what it is, but that was a way to like, talk about it without the agents knowing what the hell we're talking about right right even though they they probably even though they probably still knew and acted i don't know agents back here where they were they were such hypocrites you know um but you know i mean that's i don't i mean i think it's it's probably pretty well documented or known that that was you know when brian and i were doing our our big tag run that that's why we dropped the belts prior to a year. It was like a, a, a couple of weeks or something right before we would have been a year long with the tag belts. But it was because in Italy, uh, we dropped them in Milan, but like literally days before that, maybe two days before that we were in, I think Genova, Italy. <clears throat> and I had been invited, mind you, invited by van damme and sabu to go smoke after our matches and we were all done and it was uh it was fit finley who came and kind of peeked his leprechaun head over and um you know 
okay, walked away. And then it was just like cold to me, uh, the rest of the, the house show. And we were usually pretty cordial, but he was just, just kind of passive aggressive. And, and I asked him, I was like, is there like a problem fit? Like, is there some issue? Like, have I done something that's pissed you off? No, 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 no. I was like, I thought this was, <laughs> I thought this was the guy that liked to fight. Um, <clears throat> he certainly wasn't, uh, he certainly wasn't showing that at that moment when I was literally trying to squash the issue, whatever was up his ass. <clears throat> but, um, but then, yeah, the next day or whatever, when we were at SmackDown, it was like, oh, we know we told you guys we were going to go a year with these belts, but we think it's about time. We, we haven't had a title. So it's funny you mentioned Santino because it was like, they said, it's, you know, we haven't had a title switch in this building in years when mind you like the day before Santino had just beat Umaga for the belt. So they had just done a title switch in the same building the right. day before, but that was the excuse they gave us. <clears throat> we haven't done a title switch in this building in quite some time. You know, it's probably been uh wow. I mean, 20, 24 hours. <laughs> 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 so, you know, that just, <clears throat> that just goes to show you like a lot of the, the cowardice and uh, kind of hypocrisy. And then later I had found out that, you know, <clears throat> I had heat for that because I hadn't, like I hadn't earned that right to go smoke with these guys. Mind you, they had just, they had invited me and they were friends of mine, you know, Van Dams who introduced me to the whole thing, you know, like years before, which was, you know, a badge of honor for me. Cause I grew up a Van Damme fan and then, oh, yeah. you know, um, to get invited to go smoke with him, like when I had never done anything, uh, was pretty cool. <laughs> I always liken it to being taught how to sing by Elvis. Right. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah, Elvis was my singing teacher. <laughs> like, yeah. Rob introduced me to, to the marijuana culture and how to smoke and how to do all that and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I think you were on one side of the fence or the other. Like you were either <clears throat> you hung out with that that group that the office frowned upon or right. you were one of the like you were one of the kiss ass clones that, you know, did everything that was asked of them would still get punished because, you know, they made scapegoats at everybody. But it was uh it was a time when you you noticed a lot of ass kissing. I mean, I'm sure the business has not changed. There's still ass kissers everywhere, but you'd see that it, it wouldn't get anyone anywhere, you know, to see these guys kissing ass, and then they would get fired like a week or two later. And it's like, yeah, how's it feel now? You know, like, are you glad you like, had that lipstick? <laughs> oh, that's just one example of many. You know what I mean? But so, do you want to tell yeah. me any more stories about some of these agents? I don't know if you're willing. I to mean. Talk about it. <clears throat> Well, they might come along. I mean, I mean, I feel like, see, I feel like the agents, um, it's weird. Rarely would you have agents that were really mega over as stars themselves. Yeah. Um, right. I think with the exception of like Ricky Steamboat, who I thought was, oh, he was an awesome best. agent. He was great. He was great. Okay. It was because awesome. he knew what it took to get over 
and he knew how to simplify the the instruction or the advice <clears throat> and he wouldn't um he wouldn't use him agenting your match he wouldn't use it as an opportunity to put himself over you know like i think like dean malenko is probably the most notorious of that um oh. and mind you like dean was a fabulous technician and a great wrestler um but he wasn't the most charismatic and he wasn't, you know, like he either did it for you or he didn't, you know, so you'd either change right. the channel or you'd watch his match and try to learn something. But anytime he was your agent, he would, I mean, it, it was, it was just a given that he would tell you, well, you know what Ray and I used to do? Well, you know what Ray and I used to do? It was like, okay, well, we're not you or Ray. Right. Like, like pull your head out of your ass and, <laughs> pay attention to this match and to like what we're trying to do. Like, well, you know what Ray and I used to do? It was like, God, it's like, and, and like the thing with Dean was, um, so like I mentioned that, like, I think a lot of these agents at the time, and, you know, I certainly don't know who they have up there now, but I feel like they were guys that they approached um, again, with the exception of Ricky Steamboat and uh, possibly a couple other guys who who kind of I can't think of at the moment, but you had guys that were just happy to get another opportunity, whether it was a job or this or that. So of course they would kiss ass, and of course they'd be yes men because they didn't want to jeopardize their work opportunities or their opportunity to make a living. And so you know, very rarely would an agent fight for you or stand up for you. You know, if anything, they'd throw you under the bus and tell the office that, well, we tried to tell them, you know, like, no, you didn't. Um, and, you know, like I, I think back and I think of times like when, when Kidman and I were uh, feuding with the Dudley boys. And I remember um, when they were going to do the tag switch, actually, we were riding together that time. Remember, because we were, I think it was in Winnipeg when we went over on the Dudleys for the tag belts and I had rented like, uh, a, a PT Cooper or, or a, some bullshit little car. Like you always hated the cars that I rented, which was hilarious. <laughs> More like, on that later. Uh, okay. Oh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I remember we were like, I had, we had one of the tag belts this night and we were like all excited. We were going to go to Hooters to celebrate because that's where everybody was at or something. Right. And uh, half the people listening to this are like, what's Hooters? Um, <laughs> so I remember doing like a U-turn in this mini Cooper, or like a, it was like some bullshit little car that had the worst turn radius. So like, of course I hit the curb and like blow out a tire <laughs> and like, needless to say, we never made it to the, to the restaurant or the you know we never made it we just we had to sit there and get towed it was such a fucking mess but uh but anyways going back to the building before that before that match um you know the dudleys were hanging out outside of vince's office trying to get the the decision reversed oh, mainly wow. it was you know uh bubba dudley you know coward and um and I think, uh, actually, Fit, mind you, I think he was the one that came up and he was like, you'll never guess who's hiding by or who's sitting by uh, 
Vince's office trying to get the decision, re- you know, reversed. I was like, oh, let me get one fucking guess. Like, and that was just, you know, their attempts at trying to politic and this and that. But, uh, but then I remember, um, <clears throat> was it, uh, God, what's his name? IRS, um, Mike Rotunda. He was notorious for, you know, you'd ask, you'd ask him like, can you run this by the office? And like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, let me go run this by them. And he would walk down the hallway and just turn around and come back and be like, you know, they, I asked him and they shot it down. Like he would never even, it was like, come on, man. Like, are you fucking serious? Um, so, and I think a lot of agents did that because like I said, they were afraid of, confrontation and they were afraid of you know losing their oh, jobs they're just, or, they're just as job scared as the wrestlers pretty much right? pretty much yeah. yeah um but the worst experience i had was with dean because dean and i got along really well you know i think he was always he always liked the cruiserweight guys and right he had something you know he was always uh in their corner for the most part but then there was a time when um, Kidman had just been recently let go. And so I thought, well, here's the green light for me to start doing this shooting star that I can do better than him and probably better right. than anybody at the time. So I was like, great, like this is going to help me get over uh, even more or whatever. So I did it on like <laughs> one velocity to Nunzio. I remember it was a thinking like Buffalo. And the crowd popped huge and they exploded. And I get I get up to the ramp and I get into the gorilla. And of course, Dean was my agent. I get into the gorilla and um, I think it was Jerry or I think it was Jerry Briscoe who was back there. He was like, this is coming from Vince. No more 450. And I looked at Dean and I was like, all right, that wasn't a 450. Whatever, goes, well, whatever it was, nothing, you can't do it anymore. No more off the top for you. And I looked wow. at Dean. I was like, what the fuck? You know? And Dean looks at me and he goes, let's go. Let's go take care of this right now. Let's, let's go talk to Vince right now. So we power walked from Gorilla past the big monitor. Everyone was like standing, clapping. Cause this was like, you don't really get a standing ovation from the boys for like a velocity match, <laughs> you know? Right. But like I was busting shit out and, uh, and I was, I walked past, everyone was giving me a standing ovation and we're walking past. I'm like, okay, yeah, thanks. I couldn't even acknowledge it. Um, cause I was so pissed off and we're walking down the hallway and right as we get into Vince's office, uh, Dean stops and he looks at me and he goes, let me handle this. I got this. And I was like, all right, like you're the agent. And we walk in and, uh, I kid you not in under a minute he you know we go in and he looks at vince and he's like oh excuse me sir uh what is this you don't want him no more top rope moves or something he goes yeah no more off the top and dean just goes okay and he just walks out right, right. <laughs> like just right. walks out like the tail was like not only between his legs it was up his ass um <laughs> and he just leaves me there and so, of course, I'm not going to just, you know, do the same thing and be like, okay, 
you know, I was like, well, fuck it. If he's not going to fight for me, I'm going to fight for myself. And I'm going to just, and very diplomatically, you know, I wasn't like, well, this is bullshit. You know, like, like I, I, I have this, apparently I had this reputation that I had like an attitude problem when I worked there and I was uh, whatever, you know, and I don't really know where that comes from unless it's being said by somebody who works in the office there now, Bruce Pritchard. Um, and, and, and it's like, I wasn't difficult or I didn't have an attitude. I just, I gave a fuck. I gave a fuck about my work. I cared about it. I had known what I had sacrificed, uh, just to even be in the locker room at my size. So like, forgive me for giving a fuck about my, myself and having confidence, like, Oh, God forbid, you know, like, um, So, of course, I was going to stand up for myself. And I was like, you know, excuse me, sir. Like, I just don't understand where you're coming from with this. And uh, he was like, oh, well, you know, like, um, I don't want guys getting hurt and going off the top and everyone's going to get hurt. And I said, well, no, I don't understand. Like, this is this is my move. Like, this is, you know, my finisher. And nobody else is going to do it. Plus, you know, did you see the reaction? Like the people liked, you know, they popped. And he was like, it's not about what the people like. I swear to God. Well, and I was just like, I'm, this, is a, this, well, is, this is crazy land. He goes, it's not about what the people want. You know, it's about guys getting hurt. I said, well, nobody's going to get hurt because I do it better than anybody. And nobody's going to do this move because it's my finisher. And then he looked me dead in the eyes and he goes, oh, so you want us to make an exception for you? And I was like... That's kind of what finishers are, you dumb fuck. Um, <laughs> well, hold on, Paul. Like, Paul. Did, didn't Billy Kidman and uh, Hooventude fuck somebody up with that same move, though, before you? Well, no. Kidman, uh, but Kidman, Kidman Hospital. Kidman knocked out Chavo. Legit. Yeah. Knocked him out. Like, Chavo was out cold for what felt like five minutes, which is a scary long amount of time. I'm sure it was closer to, like, two or three minutes but still even then being knocked out for that long is not good i saw that Um, clip i remember that oh it's frightening right it is but then hooventude had done the 450 onto me and his knee went right into my eye socket and um i had probably sustained a concussion but you know it was one of those like ah his eyes aren't completely googly eyed and he seems right, okay. Right. Give him a slap, give him a slap on the face. You're yeah. fine. <laughs> um, and, but I actually, I remember, I remember that was in, um, in Worcester mass. And I remember I was riding with Devari at the time and we had, we had to go to the hospital after like they ordered me a CAT scan surprisingly and I had to go from the building to the hospital to get a CT scan for that. Just, I think they were trying to make sure I didn't have a cracked orbital or something. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so I think it was a combination of like him having seen Kidman fuck that move up more than once and knock Chavo out. And I think it had been the fact that he had to pay money for me to get a CAT scan. <laughs> um, right because of Hooventude doing the 450. Um, but for whatever reason, he, he, he wanted to, you know, in, put his foot down on this one. 
And even Nunzio, you know, who <clears throat> was one of the more paranoid dudes up there was like, oh, I'll even God. tell, you know, I'll, I'll tell him that it was perfectly safe. You know, like, eh. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. it's a little late now. Um, mm. But, but he was like, yeah, if you start, because Vince was like, if you start doing that move, then like other guys are going to want to start doing it. And Ray's going to start doing it. I was like, Ray's not going to do that. Like, nobody's going to do that move. Like, it's my finisher. Oh, so you want us to make an exception for you. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm talking to a goddamn mannequin. Um, <laughs> like, you that's kind of what finishers are. <laughs> yeah, like, that's kind of what finishers are, man. Like, are you no, serious? I mean, Paul, I, we must have wrestled at least 20, 30 times. And I... Oh, um, easily. Never, never, never once with anything. I mean, you were, you know, yeah, we were snug, you know, it's not, yeah. yeah. But no, what yeah. I love, I love working with you is when I got the heat on you, you would fight back and you would lay it in to the point where it actually make me pissed and then it would make the heat better, you know. Just told the story so much better and it kept the, yeah. it kept the match alive. But that was also credit to you just from like listening to you and. Like, I think, you know, you'll probably remember, but like one of um, our favorite matches was in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, where uh, birthplace of Elvis. And um, and we I think the house show was running over because uh, I don't I don't remember why, but it was running over and we were the match after intermission. And Steve Kern was one of the agents. Yes, but Sarge, Sarge he, Slaughter. Yes. Yeah. So, well, it was Sarge, and I think it was Steve Kern. But Steve I remember Kern, yeah. you came up to me and uh, you were like, "Let's do, uh, let's do Skinner and Owen." <laughs> and we went out. Yeah, because yeah, he was like, you know, can you guys, you know, because they were going to scrap our match, and they were like, can you guys do a match in under five? And I think you were like. We can do it in under two. <laughs> and we literally went out there. You didn't even take your robe off. Nope. And uh, did the backflip. I cut you off. Oh, I closed. No, no. I slid in. I slid okay. in. And you just started beating on me, beating on me, beating on me. Yeah. Um, you slammed me down. You did. No, you slid. You slammed me down. You did your the the French tickler dance. Okay. And then you like looked at everybody. You picked me up, slip behind, roll up, uh, O'Connor roll one, two, three, and the robe went over your head. Over my head. You yeah, and you kicked in like it, it was in the place erupted. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and that was another one of those times where we we came to the back to a standing ovation. You know, so um, <laughs> you know, and, and I think Steve Kern was he was very flattered. But he was like, you know, goddamn, you know, that was that was brilliant. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we just, yeah, we, yeah, we just came up with that on the spot. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, but it was it was a great call. I mean, that was like you said. Whenever I'd see my name next to yours, um, it was like, you know, I I mean, I could say a day off, but like it was just like you knew you were gonna have fun. Like yeah. you knew you weren't going to have any issues putting the match together. Right. You knew you weren't going to have to fear for your safety or right. your health or, you know, any of that shit. Um, and you could just have fun. I mean, to the point where you can like joke with each other during the match or like, right. you're almost trying to pop the other one uh, right. at some point or something. So um, 
I remember uh, at the Royal Rumble that we were both in, um, I think it was my only rumble actually, <laughs> but well, it was. Oh, um, we had that little spot there where you slid in and because originally yeah, you wanted so to you're... slide in and fall on the other side. No, 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 no. Well, that was what I would do in my matches individually. Okay. But for the rumble, I remember, um, you know, you were so generous, but also wanted to work, you know, do something with me. Because like typically the rumble entrance is like, whoever comes in comes in and like does a few things and then gets like shut down and then the next person that comes in does a flurry of things and then gets like shut down um but then i remember um that you had your idea was because i think you were supposed to get eliminated by jericho jericho covid and um <laughs> i'll slip that one in there uh and you said, why don't you slide in? I'll beat on you, beat on you, beat on you. Um, and then I'll slam you down, do the French tickler. And then when I go to pick you up, why don't you kick me? And then that'll stun me. And then Jericho will come and throw me out. Oh, and, okay. and again, Jericho made a big stink about it and politicked to where I would, where it eliminated that little kick that I was going to give you. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, Right. Are you, you know, are you that insecure? He was a pain in the ass, man. Yeah. Oh, super, super pain in the ass politic guy. Yeah. But like, baby face you in the back or like act whatever. But yeah, I, it was, you know, that was the fuck all that. Right. <laughs> you know, the elimination by Snesky was legendary. I was up there with Maven eliminating Taker. They're my two yeah. favorite Rumble eliminations. And and you told me you Just, got in trouble because of that too, right? I had big that time. as well. Yeah, big oh. time. Um, because like the Rumble was my favorite event as a kid, you know? Like, me too. Uh, grunt, yeah, you know, like to the point where, you know, when I would go to like my friend's house as a kid, we would, you know, it was like if I had two or three friends over, we would each, you know, we'd, we'd basically write a list of 30 guys, but we'd each play like four or five six different guys each okay. and we would we would all get on like either like my parents big bed or like on the trampoline and we'd I do a little rumble where you get yeah like thrown off you get yeah. thrown off the bed or you right. get thrown off the trampoline and then you'd come back as like the next guy that you were on the list or something and it was just ridiculous you know but um so that was my favorite event you know like you said it was your favorite event i think it was a yeah. lot of people's favorite event yeah um because it's just chaos and and the, the elimination the surprise the surprise oh uh, yeah. the surprise and like you know it's just um and now i think that the surprises and i think that the elimination like that's one thing i will say and thanks james like that's very cool of you to say that like my elimination stood out but like going back to what renee said yeah like so i was super amped to be in the rumble and then, you know, nothing against Gene Snitsky, but I was like, like, man, it would be awesome to get like eliminated by Batista or like Sean or like whatever. And, and, you know, Gene, uh, this was after a lot of his, his big push, you know, like he had done the, like, not my fault thing and the baby kicking and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah stuff that you could never do today 
Right, uh, exactly. And so I was like, huh, like, I guess, you know, like they made this big deal about me winning this elimination cruiserweight match to earn a spot in the rumble. And now I'm just kind of like this afterthought, which I wasn't expecting a big, I wasn't expecting a push or I wasn't expecting like, well, you know, you should go in there and you'll be like diesel and you'll just start eliminating. I wasn't expecting any of this shit, you know, but at the same time, I was kind of like, that's it. Like I just get in and get thrown like what? So I thought, well, fuck, you know, like, um, let's make this a, a memorable elimination. Yeah. And so I came up with that elimination where I got clotheslined and did the, the shooter bump off the apron and they knew, they knew exactly what I was going to do. You know, it wasn't like I was keeping it a secret or, you know, like, how are you going to get eliminated? Well, I'm just going to get thrown out. Like, I'll just get, you know, uh, like it wasn't any of that. I, they specifically knew what I was going to do. And, uh, and so I do the bump and I had no idea they were going to send the stretcher down there. Like that was all their call. I had no idea that they were going to replay it. Like, you know, six or seven times that was on them. That's all, you know, Kevin Dunn's call or whoever was back there. Um, so did I tell them to do all that? No. Like that was just them doing it because it was that impressive. So then of course I get to the back and <clears throat> I hop off the stretcher and like, you know, that was fun. Uh, and Pat Patterson, bless his heart. You know, he was always um, such a wonderful soul. Like he was just one of the kindest people. Like if you ever wanted to uh, talk to anybody that you could trust for the most part, you know, cause like that word gets that it's hard to say that you could trust anybody a lot of times back then, but, um, but Pat was one of those guys that you knew that you could always get like a, an honest, genuine answer out of, and like a genuine response out of, even if you'd joke, you know, cause you'd joke a lot, but, but, uh, but I loved him. Like Pat Patterson was amazing. And, um, but I remember he came and he was like, Oh my God, like that was spectacular. Like that was one of the most incredible things I ever seen. Oh my God. Like he was such a, he was, he was such a fan of that spot the elimination and i remember um michael hayes uh michael can i watch you shower hayes um, <laughs> <laughs> walking walking to the walking bias and uh and pat was like that was a oh, michael oh my god did you see that elimination and michael hayes walking by he's like yeah it was good it was a little too good he walked off, just pissed off. I was like, what the fuck? Um, and then, he, you know, Shane walks by and he was like, oh, Shane, did you see that elimination? He was like, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And he like walked off. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, right. I, thought, I thought the whole point of this was to like make everything spectacular and, you know, make this event, the, the whole thing is based on as right. spectacular as possible. And I'm literally taking, um, a nothing little spot that y'all gave me thankful whatever and making it as spectacular as i can and and like i said pat was the only one that was truly really uh appreciative and and identified that for being what it was and um and now it's like every year the rumble comes along i get inundated with 
tweets and all this bullshit. And it's like, well, you're, you're being highlighted again. It's like, oh, of course I am. <laughs> like, go cool, big surprise, you know, like by the very company that, you know, hated it. And, um, you know, I was off TV for like a while after that. Um, because Did they make that. any because, type of like a story out of it? Like, no, no. They all. made it, they, 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 their thought was that I had gone into business for myself and oh. it, then that it took away from the other, the other guys left in the match and that it took away from, you know, their eliminations. And now when you look at, you know, I haven't, I don't watch, I don't watch any of that stuff. Um, but you know, you see bits and pieces and stuff like that, like highlights and stuff. Right. And now it's like, the thing to do like how can you come up with an original elimination and like how can you you know so you have guys doing like fucking like walking on their hands and like see that i fucking hate that it's so stupid it's so stupid it's like it's so dumb yeah, I mean, yeah, it's impressive expected every year and every year and now you have to like jump the shark you know, and it's like, well, like, yeah, it's, you know, like, let's try, let's do a trail of breadcrumbs as I come down the match, and then I'll step on the breadcrumbs, and then, like, my feet won't really touch the ground, and, like, oh, jump. like, shut the fuck up. Um, right, right. And, like, everyone's doing it, you know, everyone's coming right. up with some sort of gag, and it's like, let me jump onto, like, the audience's chair, and then I'll step on, like, this lady's head, and then I'll right. step on this small child's face, but my feet still won't have touched the ground. Like, <laughs> come on you know what I mean? like, yeah so like i wasn't trying to do any of that i was just trying to do an elimination that stood out you know and, yeah. and that wasn't just the standard like like throw them over um because that's kind of what always stood out to me was like you know these these eliminations that came out of nowhere and um so yeah it's kind of funny to see that it's something that they highlight now yeah. as opposed to you know at the time i got admonished for it quite a bit um which sucked you know it sucked but 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 sticking on that and bringing dean malenko back into the fold we're not done with you yet dean That's um, right. <laughs> you're getting roasted we, pal. yeah well when we dropped the belts to the greasers um Oh, you know, is that douche and Domino? Yeah, yeah. Domino, super cool guy, right? But douche, absolute piece of shit. Um, <laughs> absolute, absolute piece of shit. You know, because like he did, he never wanted to bump for us, and like you know, mind you, like Regal and Taylor would like have no problems bumping for us. Like anyone else had no problems bumping for us. But I think it was um, Joy Mercury who had gotten into Douche's ear. And been like, you know, don't bump for these guys. Like you're bigger than them and shit like that. And this dumb what? fuck, yeah, this dumb fuck believed him. And so he would, you know, would be like hitting him with like running drop kicks and all that stuff. And he would stagger and like hold on to the ropes. Dude, he, was, he, he wasn't bump. even that big. He was only no, what, six feet tall. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's he's bigger in his ego than he was in real life. I mean, he's just and he sucked. I mean, he sucked. He was dangerous and sucked. So, anyways bad taste in our mouth that they had told us well we're gonna you know and that but that thing was those that, they, they were michael hayes's boys you know like that was a that was a, a team that he came up with like that he thought was 
um, I guess that he thought would work, you know, or he thought was amazing. Um, big surprise. So anyways, the, the idea was for me to take myself out of the match. And I remember Dean was like, why don't you do that same bump you did at the rumble and he'll move out of the way and you'll, you know, or why don't they line you and like, you do that same bump and then you'll just stay there and that'll knock you out of the match so that, you know, Brian will have to defend on his own. I was like, no. And I shot that down immediately. I was like, not doing it. Um, because no, like that, that bump should have stayed and it has like as that elimination bump. Cause like now you're, you know, not only would you be overkill. shitting on, yeah, overkill, you're shitting on yeah. Snitsky uh, yeah. being the other person involved with that, which I wasn't going to do because Gene was my friend. Yeah. Uh, still is like Gene's an awesome guy. Uh, and I'm happy that, you know, I was able to help him kind of uh, highlight himself as well. You know, it's right. like, I'm not going to take that bump you know, for Jericho or like one of these guys, it's not as big, you know, like I'm, right, you right. know, but Gene's a big ass dude. So like, yeah. why wouldn't it turn me inside out and you know, whatever. So like, I'm sure as fuck not going to take that bump for a douche. You know what I mean? Like I like Domino, like Cliff's an awesome guy and he was super fun to work with, funny but his partner was just, a, yeah, it's very funny, you know, and Cherry too. She was very cool. Um, very, very quiet, you know, but whatever, but like, but douche was just a piece of shit, you know? Um, so, but yeah, that was, that was the only other time they suggested it and I shot it down. Uh, and I ended up doing like just some moonsault to the floor and I was like, Oh, I hurt myself. Can't get up. Um, back so, when um, people used to sell moves and they used to mean, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Good old days. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? When so, stuff used to register. So you mentioned Brian, dude. Like, uh, yeah, Jesus. You two? Well, you know, it's not so much that there was a falling out. Like, I think it was just, it was an accumulation of years of, um, of just like, are we friends or are we not friends? Like, are we friends or are we not friends? Because the thing was, um, so I'm just trying to adjust this thing a little bit. Jesus Christ. Um, Brian had, you know, like, like we had both made, um, okay, so like, when, you know, if there's a lesson to be learned here, kids. Um, was it? Let me ask you a question. Was it a pact that you two were never going to go back to WWE because of the experience there? And then when he went, you felt kind of like betrayed? No, 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 um, okay. no not so much. Um, because I always, I always respect uh, that dream because right. I had it, you know? Right. So like, I always respect that dream. Yeah. So like, even when, um, when like Danielson and I did this, you know, work together at like PWG and stuff like that, like, or like I, you know, I teamed with uh, Sami Zayn in PWG and, you know, we held the tag belts there and all this stuff. But Danielson and I had done this promo together that people seemed to really like for whatever reason. And, um, yeah, about the dolphins. Yeah. 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 So like, but like, you know, I always told them like, 
go, like go and do what you can. Like, I hope it's a better experience for you than it was for me, you know? And so I never, I never discouraged anybody from, from that dream. And I never discouraged anyone from, from working there by any means, you know, I simply shared my experience and how, you know, like, look, like if you, like ex- expect to to deal with a lot of shit like expect to deal with a lot of ass kissing and things that aren't going to sit well with you and you're going to have to like kind of make a choice on like how you're going to deal with that you know and the times are much different now than they were back then but <clears throat> um you know going back to like the bruce pritchard thing where he he said in some interview that i was very uh aloof and like like immature and things like that nature like sure like there was a lot of immaturity on my part but it was also because um at the end of the day i was having the time of my life you know like i was living this this dream job but at the same time trying to um trying to deal with a lot of the shit that like i didn't foresee dealing with you know like obviously i went in there very naive and i think most people do because you can't you simply cannot understand or expect or or relate with what you're going to encounter there until you get there it's that it's 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 that mind-blowing right it's that mind-blowing and i always liken it to like ethan hawk and training day when he's sitting there like this can't be how it is like this can't be how it is and denzel's you know like smoking crack he's like you better smarten up motherfucker you know like this is how it is you know and and so a lot of it is very disappointing you know it's like don't meet your heroes um you know and i think that stands true for like half of them but the other half you know are like wow super super great like yeah. super grateful to have met a lot of my heroes you know and they helped me a tremendous deal um but i never discouraged anyone from going there you know i felt everyone has a different experience there and it's it's really up to the individual to do what they can with it for me the reason i came off as aloof or you know uh not so aggressive and you know, politicking or any of that stuff is because like, A, I've never been a kiss ass. I've always wanted my work and my talent to, to, to kind of create the results for themselves. Like, because, you know, if I kiss so-and-so's ass and I, you know, and I, and I ask this guy, like how his family's doing, even though I've never met them, and if I, you know, send this person Christmas cards and I, you know, and I hold the door open and I, and I buy this person protein bars and blah, 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 and do all this bullshit. And at the end of the day, I'm not any better or worse than I was like, I have to live with that. I have to live with looking in the mirror and being like, you fucking pussy sellout piece of shit. Like, why are you kissing these people's asses? Like, what is wrong with you? And that just wasn't something I was willing to do because I want to I want to like who I see at the end of the day. I want to, I want to have respect for myself. And, and I feel that when, when guys kiss ass and are politicking and doing all this underhanded kind of bullshit to make up for the fact that they either aren't talented enough, aren't good enough. Um, well, I mean, that's on them, you know, like everyone's up, you know, everyone's got their own agenda 
but that was just never my thing. Like I was never a politicker uh, and I never will be like, it, you know, and so that I think is why I was looked at as like, oh, he's aloof and he's not, he's disinterested and like, he's, he's not very aggressive in pursuing his dreams. Like that's fucking bullshit because there were several times, you know, like for instance, when I had the cruiserweight title and I knew that it didn't mean shit to the office, um, you know, like I can think of one instance in, uh, in Maine, we had a house show in Maine uh either in bangor or whatever it doesn't really matter but it was a very small field house <laughs> and i remember i think it was when the boogeyman debuted uh because that was a hilarious match uh is that uh, when he blew out his the, quads yes, yes. okay yes. it's speedy runners right yeah yeah, yeah. God bless Marty. Uh, I love Marty. Great guy. I love him too. But like yeah, this was yeah. this was just like holy shit. Yeah. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, I'll just give you a quick summary. Basically, Stevie Richards knew that he was kind of in this enhanced enhancement position where it was like they're gonna push this boogeyman character that nobody knows anything about. So Stevie would oil himself up for like the most meaningless situations. Like if he was a valet or like if he was managing Victoria, he would put on like double the amount of baby oil just to be a manager, you know, just because we thought it was ridiculous. Um, so anyways, he was like, okay, I got like, I'm, I'm, they put me in there with Boogeyman. <clears throat> like, you got to see this shit. This is going to be the easiest match ever. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, tell it to me. And he goes, you know, <clears throat> Boogeyman's going to get in there real mysterious, real mysterious. And I'm going to be like, you know, scared. And then I told him, when I when I yell ah, and start charging you, stick out your arm, clothesline. I'll get up, clothesline. I'll get up, clothesline. I'll powder out. And then he told me something else. He was like, and then he's gonna like something small bit of heat, and then he's gonna make a crazy comeback. One, two, three, night off. And I was like, oh, it sounds good, Stevie. Like, awesome. <laughs> so then, like, the match starts. And uh, I'm like, oh, this, this is where he yells and runs into a couple clotheslines, except for the fact that um, I don't think Marty had been instructed too well or had they, they drilled it into him how to work. Um, you know, I think this is the same guy that told the office he was like early 30s or something, but he was like, he was actually 40. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm like, oh, here comes the series of clotheslines to start the match off, just like he called, except he was like, you know, Stevie's like, ah, and he runs and Marty punches him in the throat, like right off the bat. And so Stevie's like, ah, ah, ah. he's like, shoot, selling, right? Because he just got punched in the Adam's apple, rolls out of the ring immediately because he's like probably coughing up blood at this point. Right. And um, so, like, if you're a boogeyman, like, wouldn't you get into some like crazy dance or something? No. He starts jumping up and down, celebrating, like pre yes, yes, yes chance. It's almost the exact same movement, though. Starts jumping up, celebrating, and blows out like both his knees. I thought he tore his knees or something. Tears his knee, like both his knees, like hyperextend. Ah! So now he's in the ring, yelling, ah! <laughs> while Stevie's on the ground, also yeah. Ah! Ah! 
and they do a, <laughs> and they do a count out finish and and they raise fucking <laughs> man's hand from the ground while he's like ah! <laughs> and we're dying like we're we're just like how could you not just laugh your ass off at this shit so yeah yeah he's like ah, 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 ah. while stevie's on the outside like double injuries you know um absolute chaos but the thing that the thing that stood out to me about that show other than that was um teddy long was the gm so i remember uh before every house show you know teddy long would walk out there he's like oh thanks for coming you know players or whatever yeah we're gonna have a real hot show tonight you know, the world champion, John Cena's here tonight. <sighs> and then, like, uh, the tag champ, the tag champs, whoever it was at the time, are here tonight. <sighs> the woman's champion <sighs> is here tonight. <sighs> Some other champion is here tonight. <sighs> All right, we'll see you later. Doesn't say a word about my championship, right? Right. And so I confronted him in the back. You know, I, I, I was like, Teddy, hey, man. Like, and we're cool, you know? Like, and I'm like, hey, uh, what was there any deal is there any reason like you could like my time my championship wasn't mentioned like is it that insignificant and he just you know embarrassed you know as he should be uh he was like oh 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 well uh oh sorry man I just, i'm just i'm just reading off what they told me to say here and i was like okay you know sure you know like and i get it he probably was just reading off what he said but that to me was so telling in how um insignificant they looked at that championship and and i knew that ahead of time like i knew that when i won it but that was one of my goals was how can i make this a more credible championship you know so i was like literally uh doing everything i could uh when i had that championship i remember there was a show in san diego where i got uh you know against kidman i had gotten pulled into the turnbuckle and there was a bolt. Yeah, yeah. I had a there was a yeah, bolt yeah. exposed on the other side of the turnbuckle. Like the pad had fallen to the side, and my head went into the the bolt, and it busted me open. I went, I fell outside, and I just felt like anyone who's gotten color hard way, you know, you just feel like a wetness and a warmth. Yes. yes. Just carry over, and, and I was like, oh fuck! And it started pouring into my eyes. And everything was gray. I remember I had like gray vision. And um, and then we did a, a sweet little finish where I rolled him up and I was just pouring out, right? And uh, one, two, three. And then actually Chavo came in because he was doing commentary and they start beating on me uh, two on one. And it was a lot of heat. Like if you watch that match back, I think it's on YouTube, but if you watch that match back, the crowds, there's a lot of heat there because there's these two punks beating up on this guy who just won legit but is bleeding you know bleeding out but these two guys jumped him and it, you know so there's a lot of heat there genuine heat yeah. so anyways um and that took 22 staples to close that 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 Jeez. gash in my head yeah it's yeah. i feel it all the time um but i remember getting to the back and that was with my crew that was like my first big cruiserweight title defense so i remember getting to the back and uh they're like do you want to clean up you know like first and everything and i can't remember who it was but 
he was like, you know, let's do a promo. Like, and do you want to clean up first? I was like, no, fuck no. Like, let's do it with all the blood on my face. Let's do this promo, like just as raw yeah. as it can be. Yeah. Like while I'm, while I'm still amped, you know, like I don't want to calm down or clean up like, no, fuck that. And so we shot this promo in one of the, one of the spare locker rooms back there at the old uh, San Diego sports arena. And, um, and it was like one of my better promos. And I, and it was just, it was, there's so much intensity behind it. And I basically told them, you know, like if they wanted to, like if they were ever planning on beating me for the title, they were going to have to kill me. And, um, and I was, and I remember that, that promo, they, they ended up putting that promo on their website, which wasn't as big a deal as it is today. Right. It was just like relegated to their website where they showed it once and they put it in black and white and they, then they, they highlighted the match one time also in black and white. And then like nothing came out of it nothing they didn't do anything with it and that was another that was another one of those instances where i thought like they do not give a flying fuck about this title or about me um i truly see where i stand uh here and it's and it's disheartening you know because i think anybody who truly loves the wrestling business and gets into it for the right reasons and is brought into it the right way. Um, meaning, you know, you pay your dues, you know, you don't get into wrestling to highlight your fucking OnlyFans account. Um, right. You know, uh, you, you're doing this for the right reasons. Anybody who is doing this, you know, for a genuine reason will be willing to, sacrifice everything they have for the for the for the good of the show the good of the company until they realize um or they're smartened up just to how expendable they are and just how meaningless the company values you or you know doesn't value you i should say but but just you know um and that's a real tough thing to deal with you know and and I can't say that it's that way for everybody. Obviously, everybody's looked at differently or whatever. But for whatever reason, um, guys just have different experiences. And whether that's because, you know, they they learn to play the play the game, as they say, and all this kind of bullshit, then then so be it. But I think, you know, like, did you experience a time like when you were kind of just like, like I'm sure you have, like where you? I guess you my biggest kinda, bitterness honestly paul is how they monopolize the world sure like for example remember that independent boom that happened in england yeah james right what do they do they they go and create that nxt uk to shut it down (laughs) right but the reason why the reason why there was such an independent boom is because the fans over there appreciate and love good solid professional wrestling Right. Right. And they're tired of the, the shit that's been seen on television. Right. 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 So it's, that, that's Absolutely. my biggest part. Like, listen, if I don't like working and I don't like your rules, that's one thing. But the fact that you're monopolizing everything worldwide. Yeah. Right. But that shouldn't like have been they, that big of a surprise, meaning, you know, he sucked up all the territories and did all that. So it was that's just on a, bigger, thing, yeah. on a bigger scale now. You know what I mean? So, so, so now, like, you have to be like a 20 con and start 
big time instead of letting yourself gradually organically grow 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 because as soon as they see you get too big they're going to snatch it out before it has time to grow sure right yeah yeah so you have you well, have I mean, no choice was that but like for you i mean for like for you personally like that that you know i, I know that, you know you obviously you came up as organically as anybody you know like and yeah. so um there was a time when you first got there i'm sure that you were like willing to sacrifice whatever you had to for the betterment oh, of the show betterment of the company right well, then there's that time where you hit some sort of wake-up call where it's like these motherfuckers don't give a flying fuck about me or my health like you know they don't give a flying fuck and that's a just, that's a real just how backstabbing it was exactly you know just yeah it, it bursts that, that bubble it takes it bursts the fun that out dream of it, it, it takes, takes the, the fun right out of it yeah. it completely does it completely does and then, um and then when you're told and then we were told 85 percent is backstage right? <laughs> so, so you know that that's the most important part right oh my god like, yeah ring, whatever doesn't fucking matter because you know that's the 85 percent that matters is that political backstabbing bullshit right it's such and, bullshit yeah, but that's yeah. you know it's like, and if that goes to say that like the fifteen percent that happens in the ring is fifteen percent of it, I mean, what does that tell you? Well, well Paul, um, Paul, look at the guys they had on top. I don't have to mention any names, Batista, but I mean, just <laughs> catch kind of style. The yeah, guy wasn't his fucking rocket fire fucking promos, you know? No, and yeah. I and I get that. Like, I get the appeal of. It's the Monsters. fact that he's a great chemist. Guys. Yeah, simple. yeah. Well, I mean, like, I get the appeal of a gargantuan uh, gladiator look, you know, sure. especially today where that's very rare. That's the minority today. You know, now right. it's a bunch of children. Um, right. But, uh, but you know, so I get that appeal of of how it was and how it, how it used to be and what what it was built upon i get that um you know i think um one of the things that that is just very discouraging is just that it, like you said it's it's so much of the it being the backstage stuff the politics stuff like that i mean like like you partnered with kenzo suzuki who you know had like two left feet and was a really nice guy. I really liked Kenzo, Kenzo and his wife. I love Kenzo. But like, yeah. was there any reason that they were on $250,000 deals? You know what I mean? Like it, it just, there was nothing that warranted that, but that was a Johnny Ace call. You know what I yeah. mean? To get them that much money, you know? Um, and so a lot of those things would play into it. And like, and yeah, you'd learn, like, you know, try not to compare your value to other people's value. But like, it's difficult when, when you know that you're putting in either harder work or more talented, uh, or that you've sacrificed more. It's, it's a discouraging thing. It's a very discouraging thing to, uh, to have that kind of wake up call where you're just like, Jesus Christ, like, no matter what I do, um, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be perceived any higher than I already am. And that's a very tough pill to swallow. You know what I mean? And so um, a lot of that kind of not giving a fuck uh, stems from that, you know, but it also stems from not having much respect for 
a lot of your peers because you see what horrible people they are. Like, you know, whether they're um, just very abusive to their wives or family or, you know, their kids or they're just a very, uh, they're just, you know, very just mean people or just very uh, bullying or something like, like I remember a time, um, I'm sure you do as well, when we had uh, a tour and um, there was a lot of hazing and bullshit that was going on in this tour oh, fuck yeah. and and we ended up taking this walk out on the beach at like one in the morning or something or in two italy. in the morning in italy yeah. yeah right yeah and we're sitting here having like this this you know this brotherly heart to heart just kind of like man like this is really fucking this sucks like this really right. sucks and then like rico comes like running across our view like naked like running into the ocean at like two yes. in the morning. He's like, you want to swim in the fucking yeah, the shark infested waters. Yeah, we're right. having like this this heart to heart brother. Like, ah, oh, god, this really. Man, I know he's like, hey boys, and, like he's just runs across. Our, Rico. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And right. then you know, but like we didn't think anybody else was out there. So then the next day in the locker room, I remember uh, again. Uh, fat fuck Bubba Dudley, Blubber. who Blubber Dudley. I don't think I don't think anybody likes this piece of shit. No, um, no, he doesn't even like himself. You know, he probably just cries in the mirror every night. Um, Let me ask you a question, of, Paul. Top of Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you ever see him shower? Uh, fuck, that's a good question. No, um, Sly smarted me up. He doesn't. No, he's no. an insecure. He's an insecure. <clears throat> yeah, he's, man. He takes his frustrations out on guys that look better than him, such as you and I. Well, everybody, I think, looked better, you know. But I remember him trying. Still amazed me. Got help with Skype. Still amazing. Yeah, it's he's a. I mean, you know, he's just for a guy that size. Like he's such a coward. You know, when he could be um, more of a mentor, like he could have taken that position of being more of a mentor uh, to other big guys or whatever, like. You know, he uh, he realized that he was kind of more of like a one-trick pony, you know. That's and, it. That's and it. it was like, you know, if he's not telling Devon to get the tables, then like, who gives a fuck? Exactly. Um, so he was know, making and, comments about us, right? Well, yeah, he was like, yeah. I went into the locker room, and he was like, "Hey, uh, London. So what is this? I hear uh, you and Renee had a pretty romantic walk on the beach last night. <laughs> you know, he's trying to like get everyone to, like laugh. I was like, no, just friends talking. You know, he's like, well, what, what, what were you talking about? You know, like business between us, fuck. man. Yeah, that's just between us, man. Like just talking. And he kept trying to like rile me up and kept trying to rile me up. Yeah. And uh, and I just kept no selling it and downplaying it, which just made him, you know, more pissed. Until I was just like, fuck this. You know, I went outside to do my warm-ups. And I remember um, Undertaker was out there stretching. And he was like, you did real good. Real good in there. I was like, like that? Like that? Like, he was like, you, you didn't sell it. You held your ground. That was real good. I was like, come on. Like, I've had coaches in middle school that were harder than that piece of shit you know like come on that's nothing um thank you you know like i mean to me that's a compliment whenever you'd get complimented by like the real legendary genuine legendary guys 
and like say what you will about Undertaker, like he was kind of the mafia boss. Um, oh, definitely. Of the, of the locker room, we both knew oh, that yeah. because you know that was, I think that was an instance that happened with both of us where the reason that led us to talking on the beach, you know, like a day or two prior to that was because we were, uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't drank any alcohol at the point in my life. I wasn't a drinker at that time. I guess I'm still not much of a drink, but like, I didn't drink anything at the time. And, um, <clears throat> and you and I were sitting at the bar and all the guys were sitting around, you know, kissing ass and, and playing grab ass. And uh, an undertaker came by and he was like, hey, what are you having? You know, I was like, oh, you know, with all due respect, sir, like I don't drink. I'm not trying to be offensive. I just, you know, it's not my thing. He's like, hey, if you don't drink, you don't drink. And then he looked at you and he was like, what are you having, Renee? And you were like, oh, no, you know, I'm no thanks. And it was and like that was it. Right we didn't think anything of it and then uh so then like at this time back in austin i remember i had auditioned for superman returns and uh i had gotten a lot of really good feedback on that audition and so i remember you know it was like three or four in the morning or something in italy i called my agent back in texas and they were like oh they they you know, they decided to go in a different direction with this other guy from like New York or something. And um, <laughs> so I was pissed, you know, I was like really bummed. And for some reason, uh, I let Jamie Noble talk me into taking a shot. You know, I was like, ah, like, fuck it. Like, all right. You know, and he's, you know, how Jamie was he's very, you know, shit stirrer, but also like egg on and stuff. Probably just didn't want to drink alone. <laughs> and, uh, so I remember I, uh, I took like one shot and that's like when undertaker just happened to be walking back around he's like huh so if i'm not good enough for you to drink with like who here is good who is you know who, 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 who? i was just like oh it's not like that like oh god and i try to explain it to him he's like don't worry about it he walks off so then like the next morning the entire locker room tab was on my bill to check out it was like 500 dollars or something oh yeah and that was because bubba dudley the fucking fat piece of shit uh orchestrated it you know as a kiss-ass move to the undertaker like hey look boss like i'll i'll do your dirty work for you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um the fucking job of the hut tongue um <laughs> and then and so then like we get to the building in milan and i remember you and i going to work out in the ring and then we get back and like uh, most of all your wardrobe had been thrown in the shower and shredded. Oh yeah. Yeah. And not a single guy was willing to take, you know, to admit to it because they were just a bunch of cowards and we had our suspicions of who it was, but it was like, like that's what you dealt with on a regular basis was this, this hazing kind of bullshit, which. Well, let me tell you a story about that. Those shoes that I had, right. Were $500. Right. $500 Belvedere's, right? Fuck. And I was told by a high-up official, not going to name names, but uh, he said, don't wear N-word shoes. What? Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me, I guess. You know, there's a lot of... There's no racism in that place? The fuck? Oh, 
no, there's tons. I mean, look at Vince, you know, he always has his, his jabs uh, where he's, you know, saying something here or there that's questionable. <clears throat> um, but he also has a thong tan line. So like, what is that? <laughs> um, so but yeah, think about. <laughs> oh, dude! Like, yeah, the thong so, tan oh, line was a big. Should we? Uh, should we? Should we talk about the Gino story? Oh God, I don't know. Well, well, before I, before if we do talk about it, I just, you know, I'll revert this back to to Brian, which is where this whole thing I think. Holy shit! From. Yeah, we're all over the place. <laughs> it's such a good conversation. Well, like, well, like the thing is. Um, with Brian and I, you know, so like we both used to smoke our heads off, you know, just like, just cause that's, that's how you deal with a lot of this bullshit that you're dealing with, you know, like, you know what, like, I'm just going to go, you know, we'll go share this joint or something. And that way we're not so angry with the way that things are here. Um, <clears throat> you know, it sure beats downing a bunch of pills and whatever. Let's go smoke a joint, like no big deal. Um, that then becomes kind of an obsession uh, because you're so used to it and you're doing it at home and this and this. And like I said, I used to go through like at least like an ounce a week and this and that. So then like, you know, we both find ourselves out of the company and you have a lot of like pent up anger uh, and a lot of, um, yeah, just, just a lot of pent up anger uh, and frustration. So then, you know, we had, we had done like some really stupid shoot interview kind of thing, which I think like high spots. Is that the one that got Brian in trouble just now? No, I mean, I think, I, I mean, it was a stupid, uh, it was a stupid interview just in that we were both really drunk and, you know, they had promised us all this weed and they only gave us like one blunt, but like, we were hammered and, you know, they're putting like, it's just all this shit in front of our that, faces. Did he talk about the, so, the, did he talk well, about he always, the conspiracy he, theories in that interview? A little bit, one? a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Like we both said some really stupid things, um, you know, and I, it's, it's certainly an embarrassment uh, for, for me personally, but, but he was, you know, genuinely, interested in a lot of these kind of conspiracy things like you know um and and that and that was something like i was never big on like i would just kind of listen to him and humor him but like at that time i never heard anything in relation to um you know denying the holocaust or any of these just abhorrent kind of things that are like, are you fucking for real? You know what I mean? Like, I think I, that would have been my genuine reaction. I was like, are you, like, uh, talk about CTE, Jesus Christ. Um, right. No, he, so, but, but that kind of stemmed a series of interviews where, you know, like we would be, you know, doing these interviews where we're either, you know, really baked or, or drunk or whatever. And it was just, you know, just, just stupid, just stupid stuff. But no, he did a series of interviews, I guess, later on, that I was, that were, unbe- you know, I had no idea where he really uh, went into a lot of this stuff that like, I, I can't say that I really no. knew him much after that point because okay. we had worked together on the independence when we both um, 
broke in. Were, yeah, well, yeah, we did uh, beforehand, but then after WWE, you know, we teamed up quite a bit and he had a pretty bad temper. Like there were times yes. when, yes. you know, we would, we would argue over just stupid shit, you know? It's like, why are you so mad? Like, dude, calm down. Like one, one particular instant, I remember in Australia, we were in Australia and we were working with some friends of ours who were also the promoter, uh, the guys who ran this company and okay. we we're teaming against them. And then like the first, like two minutes of this match, I'm starting off with the promoter and they're young guys and they're friends of ours. <clears throat> they brought us over. I'm wrestling with him and we're just chaining and Brian's leaning over the ropes and he's like yelling. He's like, boring. This sucks. This is boring. This is fucking boring. And I'm like, and I'm getting pissed. I'm like, what the fuck is he like? What? Yeah, like, like, are you, you? Like, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and from that moment to the end of the match, I was, I was livid. And at the end of the match, they go they went over on us with like some screw job outside interference screw job thing so as like a baby face i get on the mic and i'm trying to like bring our heat back i'm like you know like you bastards like you know you cheated and da, da, da. like next time you know we'll you know if you dare wrestle us again next and brian grabs the microphone on my hand he's like no fuck that we're never wrestling these guys again because they fucking suck and they're fucking not on our level and it's you know and this is like a kid's show <laughs> How many like, people were in the crowd? Was it a big house? Um, no, but like at least 50, 75, maybe a hundred, you know, people, but like it's a kid's show. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like Jesus Still, Christ, like, dude, what the fuck? And he's just shooting on these guys. He's like, no, no, we'll never wrestle these guys again because they fucking suck and they're pieces of shit. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm sitting here trying to create a re like a rematch. Right. Try <laughs> so, to get another booking. To, to like so i'm even more pissed now right so we get to, we get to the back and uh and it was as if nothing he just comes up to me he's like hey you know like let's go smoke or whatever and i'm like no no and he goes what he's like what what was something wrong i'm like is something wrong are you fucking serious you fucking yelled at me from like the start of the match you're being a fucking prick throughout the entire match. And then you get on the mic and you start saying all this fucking bullshit. Well, it's kids show. And like, you right. start, it, it is fucking embarrassing. Like go smoke on your fucking own. Like I'm not like, fuck that. And I was just, dude, I was pissed. Um, and, uh, and there was just, there was a lot of, there was a lot of instances where, where I had to question like, you know, like, are we actually friends or like, do I even know this guy? Um, there was a time, there was a time when I was in Texas for a while and uh, I had moved back out to California. This is like maybe 2014 or something. And, uh, and he was literally in my first like one or two matches uh, that I had done since moving back. Right. And then I called him, no answer. Like I called him for what felt like three or four months to just dead silence. And I was like, what the fuck is he like fabing me for? Like, he's just, okay, well, okay, fuck it. Like if he doesn't want to call me back, then like, I'm not going to keep chasing this guy. <clears throat> and then, so then I had uh, 
booked this movie that was filming out in New Mexico. And I was like, I'm going to drive out there. You know, like I, I'd rather just drive out there and that'll give me some time to, yeah, I like doing that. And so while I'm driving through Arizona, he calls me out of the blue. Uh, and I couldn't answer it because of the reception, but he left a voicemail and he leaves this voicemail. Mind you, this is like what felt like maybe four months of me calling him after we had worked together for a couple shots okay. in California. Okay. He leaves me this voicemail and he's like, Hey, uh, buddy, like, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to think of this, but like, people are telling me that you're back in California and I don't know why I'm like the last person to hear about this, but like, I, I don't know, like if that's what you call friends or not, but like, that's not, that's bullshit. You know, I'm sitting here thinking like, is he out of his fucking mind? Like he's like the first person I told he was in right. the matches with me when I first got there. Like, right. is he like, what? So, and that was a real breaking point, even though it doesn't seem like a major thing, but it just, it was kind of like, I don't, I don't, I don't know him as well as I thought I did. And he doesn't know me as well as he thinks he does, but I never, never in my life uh, have ever been a conspiracy theorist or, or, right. or certainly never you know, uh, bought into any of the, any of that kind of stuff, you know, we have a very, you know, we, a, a very good friend of mine in Amsterdam, um, basically kicked him out of his place because he was spouting off some of this shit and, you know, uh... spouting off. And, and my friend has, you know, relatives that were involved in this. And oh, so okay. it was Holocaust and stuff. extremely disrespectful. Yeah. And Very basically tossed him out, subject. basically tossed him out. And wow. uh, so yeah, was, Paul, to be yeah. fair, like you mentioned the CTE, like, dude, I know for a fact I've got, and just sometimes where I'm erratic and sometimes say shit that just, yeah, you know, it's, you it's think scary. That could, be, could that be an issue with him? Because, I mean, he was um, a small guy and took a lot of bumps, you know? Possibly. You know, like, I definitely have witnessed him throwing up a lot from concussions, you know, like. Right. And I'm not, you know, it's obviously not, we're not trying to, like, give him a pass. But, like, I think a lot of us have some of those issues to look forward to. <laughs> oh, brother, brother. CD, I, I seen that know? match with you and Davey Richards from Ring of Honor. That was scary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, James if yeah. you can find a clip of that, you'll post it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Checking out tonight. Yeah. And that was another thing where, like, that was in, um, you know, so, like, just to wrap up the thing with Brian, like, you know, like, yeah, sorry. I hope he's, I hope he understands, like, the weight of what he's, what he's said and stuff like that. But, like, at the same time, you know, like, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough day and age where, People, oh, are gonna yeah. want, people are going to want people are going to want to like dig up old That's old it. things you know That's but it. i don't know you know i don't i i just i haven't i haven't spoken to him in years and years and i have no no plans to you know like oh. i don't hate the guy i don't hate the guy i have no ill will or anything um but i but i certainly what bothers me is that the general perception is that like we're one and of the same and we're not right we couldn't right. we really couldn't be 
much more different. We're very, very different. And I was usually the one that had the the, the perception of being the crazy one and la la. Uh, it's called good fucking acting, I guess. You know, um, no, no, Paul, you're, you're you're crazy in a good way. You're crazy. Yeah. I love the fact that you were out there. Not, not in no, a bad I, way. I appreciate you have uh, yeah. charisma, well, like, natural charisma. Yeah. That's what you know, fucking makes you. money, That's, idiots. You would think, you know, you would think, you would oh. think. 